You're listening to the Tri-State Sports Beat on Anchor FM. I'm back. We're back. The Tri-State Sports Beat <laughs> is amped up about the NFL coming back in just a few short weeks. Training camp is underway, as we all know. But let's first get some baseball in here because I really want to talk some football. I know. It's been a long I time know. coming. Nick and Joe here, obviously. Scott, not here on vacation still. Probably won't be back um, we're gonna for a figure, while. We're going to figure something out. Uh, yeah, we're, we're trying to figure stuff. out how, because he's going away to school. So yep. we're trying to figure out how uh, we can get him engaged in the conversations um, that so, we're that we're going to talk about right. in the future. So, Joe, how was your vacation? How was it your, was it was wonderful. How was your time off? Was, uh, was your notification still going bonkers? Oh, or did you of shut course. Those I, no, you I, I shut kept those, those on. It was NFL talk, a lot of it. So mm-hmm. I had to keep up to date. Yep. Um, but I wasn't as engaged as normal. Mm-hmm. I was I was somewhat engaged. But uh, are you ready to talk some Jets football later on? <sighs> we just ready? watched we just watched the one Jets one drive. Jets drive episode three. <sighs> I was at camp this oh, weekend. I'm so pumped. You know, so I did. If you saw I, our Instagram yeah. stories. They were pretty. They were pretty fire. I obviously so I obviously did miss it, but I will be there this coming weekend mm-hmm. and the following weekend. Joe will be live. We Joe will be on that Instagram, and Brian. we will also. Be at the VIP, as we mentioned before, mm-hmm. the VIP. And we still have the 11th. Camp. We still have the open practice. Yeah, yeah, I'm practice. talking about after. Right. VIP uh, training camp on mm-hmm. the 20th. So we'll, me and Nick will be live from uh, VIP training camp. Yep. Um, then it'll be the three of us on the 11th, so that'll be cool. Yes, yes, that should be all right. fun. So before we get into all that fun NFL training camp stuff, I need to rant. Last week, the the Yankee pitching staff was worrying the hell out of me, and that it has only gotten worse. I'm not doing game by game recap for this four game series against the Red Sox. Let's just say Yankees lost 19 to 3. That was the worst of it. They lost 10 to 5 in game two. Game three was 9 to 5. And they won game four, six, nine to six. Whoopee. Yeah. I'm not doing game recaps because this was as bad as it gets at this point. I'm just going to rant. I'm not going to talk that much about the Yankees this week because, I mean, the Mets are doing good things and they've made some moves that, in a sense, have kind of screwed the Yankees to a point. But we'll talk about that in a bit. This pitching staff, I ranted about it last week, and it's only gotten worse. They gave up 44 runs in four games. Absolutely, an absolute abomination. Absolutely disgraceful. Tanaka pitched game one. I mean, he let up 12 runs in the game. He's allowed a clunker every once in a while. He's our best pitcher to this point. Paxton, CC, Hap. I know he didn't pitch in the Red Sox series, but he's pitching tonight. And guess what? The Yankees are losing 3-0 right now. When Jay Happ's on the hill, so these guys in this in the the rest of the rotation, they have no wiggle room 
for performances like these. There's no, there, you know, I may be overreacting a little bit. Yes, the Yankees are still 20 plus games in uh, above 500. They're still first place in the American League East. They still have an eight game lead, a seven, eight game lead on the Tampa Bay Rays in the division. But Brian Cashman, what do you, what are you going to get me now? What with do you, the with the trade deadline coming around, what do you trade deadline's Wednesday tomorrow? You, yeah, four o'clock. Yep, tomorrow. So, what do you think you're you're going to buy? You gotta you gotta buy. No? They have. Well, yeah, absolutely. They need starting pitching. They need starting pitching. They won Game Four. Herman was good, yes, but I'm I'm as concerned as ever. And you know, the Mets acquiring Stroman was probably the worst of it. You know, I wasn't really surprised by this. A lot of people were. I wasn't. I got an uh, I got an update on Bleacher Report. The you know, media has said that the Mets had no leaks. I mean, I kind of saw the rumor a week before it even happened. I'm not saying I have any inside sources. It was Bleacher Report, but it was all it was all speculation. Nobody ever thought anything of it. But Stroman to the Mets in a very very surprising move to most really screws the Yankees because that was the guy that. They wanted, besides Bumgarner, they're still pursuing Bumgarner, even though the, the Giants are making a run in the National League. They're above 500 now. So now what? If you're the Yankees and Brian Cashman, what now? You look at guys like Mike Miner from the Texas Rangers, Trevor Bauer, of course, from Cleveland, Robbie Ray from Arizona, who they're playing right now, and Noah Syndergaard. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't, think I, don't the, think, I don't think the Mets are trading yeah. them to the Yankees. I don't know what it's I don't care what the Yankees offer. I don't think the Mets going to happen. I feel like that's like a, a Rangers Devils type of trade oh, yeah. where oh, yeah. you just it's it just happened once before, believe it or not. Well, there's only been once in right. Rangers and Devils history right. too. So. Not like it was impactful anyway. Yeah, that's no. what I'm talking about. It's not like it was impactful anyway, but Oh, I thought I'm you ta- were ta- I thought you were talking about Yankees. No, no, no. Trade. I'm talking okay. about no, I'm, right. no, no. But and to make matters worse, CC hits a 10-day IL with right knee inflammation. Gardner is also on the on the IL with left knee inflammation. And DJ LeMahieu is not on the IL, but he's been out of the lineup the past three games with a groin strain. The best hitter on the team has been out. So, Brian Cashman, what are we going to do? Because I have no freaking idea. Who are we getting? We need starting pitching, if not two. Strowman's out of the picture. Baumgartner, who knows? Scherzer's on the IL. He wasn't coming here anyway. You got second-tier guys. I think Trevor Bauer is probably their best option at this point. You got Mike Miner from Texas, Robbie Ray. Those two names don't jump out at you. I mean, what are you doing? You got to do something, though. The Yankees got to do something. I said it last week. I'm throwing stuff at the Mets for Syndergaard. I am. I even said Andujar. Andujar, Clint Frazier... Floreal, Chance Adams. I'm throwing a lot for Noah Syndergaard. The Yankees need it. They need it. This pitching staff scares the crap out of me. Tanaka, not so much. He's been huge in his career in big games, yes. But Paxton and Hap, they worry me the most. CeCe's on his last leg. You know, I didn't expect CeCe to perform awesome this year. I expected him to be somewhat serviceable. And he hasn't been. Herman. He had a bounce-back start game four against the Red Sox. But the guys that Cashman paid big money to, Paxton and and Hap, what are we doing? Paxton cannot find it, and Hap is down 3-0 in the bottom of the fourth right out of the Diamondbacks. I don't know what they're doing, but they need to figure it out now. Again, tell me if I'm overreacting. 
Am I like am I overreacting a little bit? I mean, we got July, August, we got we got two more months left in the year. And the Yankees are nine. Am I like overreacting a little bit or do I have a right to be a little concerned? No, I mean because you see what happened in the beginning of the season. They didn't they weren't off to a great start. So you already had that that portion of the season where you could you where you could work out the kinks. Now we're in almost the home stretch of the season huh. and we still got August and, and September. Struggling we still again. got two how months long, in the season. How long is this going to persist, though? That's I don't know. I really don't know. And the bullpen, they've struggled because they have to be used so much. Mm-hmm. Chapman, I agree. Chapman, I agree. There's there has to be something done now, yeah. soon, very soon before the deadline. If there's no if there's no deal the deadline. The Yankees are treading water at this point, and the, they're not treading water. I mean, that's that's pretty poor words by me to say. But as far as the pitching staff, they just need to figure it out. I don't, I don't like. A lot of Yankee fans, like myself, are freaking out, and I think I have a right to freak out a little bit when you let up forty four. How much did I say? When you let up forty four runs in four games to the Red Sox, give it. The Red Sox are a good team, but their third play, like the American League East, is good right now with the Yankees, the Rays, and the Red Sox. They're all good teams. But they give up 44 runs against the division rival who you went 6-1 and one against in the whole year up to this point? It's that type of rivalry Rivalry when one team isn't doing as well. It's They come back and they come back and at the end of the season, that's when they, they hurt you. I just don't. I'm not. Let me just put this on the record. I'm not mad. About the losses, I'm not mad about losing three or four to the Red Sox. I mean, the Yankees have had a great year. I'm not mad about that. I'm mad at the fact that Cashman's not making moves again. He didn't do it last year. He didn't do it the year before with Verlander. He didn't, you know, he's missing out. You're missing out. This is where this is where championship caliber teams make moves to get better and have momentum going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Because right now they're losing momentum. Yeah, they're losing what they had during the that mid stretch of the season, where they were back to back to back to back. Yeah, they were killing it, and the pitching wasn't the problem because they were doing well enough because the offense was putting up a lot of runs. Now I could criticize, you know, I could go other ways. Aaron Judge is one for his last eleven. That's not the problem. Yeah, they have offense. That's not the problem right now. Problem is the starting pitching. The offense is not the problem. Yes, they put up three runs, five runs. Five run, you know. Offense has never been the problem. It's not the problem now. It's the starting pitching. It is. I want to know what I want to know what other Yankee fans feel. I don't know if I'm overreacting or what, but I'm concerned. I am. I don't know if I'm too quick to jump the gun. I'm not calling the Yankees dead, but with this pitching staff, they're certainly not the favorite to to win the whole thing. You got Houston. You got Cleveland. You, you know, you gotta be you gotta be afraid of Tampa and the Red Sox now. I'm scared as hell of, you know, having to play Cleveland and having to play Houston with this pitching staff, especially if they don't have home field advantage going into the playoffs. That's my Yankee especially, rant. Especially when 19 were put uh, uh, 19 runs were put up against who was supposed to be your your best pitcher. Yeah. Who is the best pitcher to this point? I don't know. I don't feel like there's any need to go over these games, but I'm concerned I know the Yankee fans are concerned, but this is the problem. This is the problem. And the bullpen takes the hit because of this. 
I don't know if I'm freaking out prematurely, but I'm just afraid, you know, I'm not afraid of this team losing, you know, going on a huge losing streak and losing their lead. I'm not afraid of that. I think they can, you know, they're very capable of holding up, but why should I have any reason to trust this pitching staff after what they've done in Boston and what they're doing now? Why should I have any reason to trust Jay Happ? He's had a up and down year all season long. And Cashman pays this guy four years. Now, I was with it. I was about it. I mean, when they when they re-signed them. But I wanted, I wanted others before Happ. I was all about Paxton. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. That's how much that's that's as much time I'm gonna spend on the Yankees. Let's uh let's talk about the Mets. And Conforto blasts one out to center. Marte though moves across, reaches down and can't make the catch. Echeverria to third. He's gonna be waved around. Altair is right behind him. He'll be held to throw the plate, not in time. Starling Marte is a two-time gold lover, but he has had a dreadful time in center field in this series. That ball was fishtailing, and he was unable to make the play in the Mets' lead 7-3. Three-game sweep of the Pittsburgh Pirates. I absolutely fully expected this. Last week, absolutely fully expected this. Game one, they won 6-3. Zach Wheeler on the mound. He went 5 and a third. Six hits, three runs, seven strikeouts. The Mets were down one nothing in the third. And then they get it going with an Ahmed Rosario triple. Wheeler was hit by a pitch to put two guys on base, and then Jeff McNeil comes up big and hits a three-run homer to take a three-to-one lead. Todd Frazier would come up in the fifth and hit a solo homer to center to make it four-to-one. Pirates would come back a little bit in the sixth, and Adam Frazier, two-run home run, made it a one-run game. Then the Mets get some insurance in their half of the sixth by solo home runs by Alonzo and Ramos. They win six to three. Game two, Steven Matz, have I been waiting for this for a long time? A complete game shutout only let up five hits, seven strikeouts for Matz. No scoring until the sixth inning when Conforto would have put up a solo shot to put them up one nothing. Todd Frazier would get a single. J.D. Davis would put one in the seats in the seventh inning to put them up three nothing, and that's your ball game pretty much. Steven Matz, I think the Mets really needed that because, I mean, DeGrom's been good. You know, he's been finding it. Who knows what's going on with Syndergaard if they're going to, you know, he's supposed to be on the mound tonight, but I heard that they have called up our fan favorite here, Irvin Santana. He was supposed to pitch tonight in, uh, I guess he is pitching tonight. I haven't heard anything else. But, and then game three, uh, Jason Vargas, who is no longer in New York Met after today or after yesterday, Goes up against Chris Archer. He pitches five and two-thirds, gives up six hits, three runs, five strikeouts. And the Mets got out to a fantastic start. Six runs in the first inning. Conforto, two-run homer, a Todd Frazier uh, single. J.D. Davis singled. Rosario singled. What's going on here? Syndergaard is pitching. Syndergaard is pitching. Okay. That's what I thought. I mean, I didn't hear anything I didn't hear anything different, so that's what I, fully what I expected. Um, Altair hits a sack fly to make it 6 nothing. Um I mean the Pirates would put up. I mean the Pirates were never really in this game. The Mets would win eight to seven. Um, they made an interesting game, but the Mets would take it. They sweep the Pirates, which has to make them feel real good. They're eight. They're six and four in their last ten. They've won four in a row. Six games back in the wild card. Joe, are we believing? No, I think. No, you think they're still dead? I don't want them. 
I don't want them to be dead. I don't want them to be dead. I want them to make me eat my words a little bit, to be quite honest. I do. I mean, the way they played in this last series against the Pirates, I mean, give it showed that they still have something in the tank. Give it that the Pirates are kind of on the same, you know, same train as the Mets are. But that's not all these games. You know, this series is not really what we really want to talk about. The Mets have acquired Marcus Stroman from the Blue Jays. You know, I was happy for the Mets and also confused and pissed because the Yankees didn't get him. But they gave up Anthony Kay and Simeon Woods Richardson, two of their top pitching prospects in their system. Like I said, I'm a little confused by this move. I think they're kind of draining their farm system a little bit. They gave up a lot of prospects in the Cano-Diaz deal. And they give up two of their top pitching prospects here. Um, it's basically the exact opposite of what I said last week, that I feel like they need to build up their farm system and build for the future. But I guess Brody Van Wagenen does not listen to the show because we rip him a lot, <laughs> for one. And two, not a you, go out, you go out and get Strowman. Marcus Strowman's a good pitcher. I don't know if he's going to re-sign long-term with the Mets. It seems like... I mean, there are reports coming out that he was pissed that he wasn't going to, like, the Yankees or the Astros. He wasn't going to a contender. Seemed like he was, he was pissed that he was going to the Mets, and he doesn't feel like they're a contending team, which, uh, I mean, I don't think they're a contending team either. So, I mean, I, I get it. Fully Marcus. agree with I you. Get, I get it, Marcus Stroman. I do. But this all depends on if they shop Noah Syndergaard. They can get a haul for him. Um I am very confused on where the Mets are going. Are they selling? Are they buying? I mean, they just they just traded Jason Vargas to the Phillies, a division rival no less, for basically a bag of balls and a double-A catcher who's who's hitting like 150. Um, to note, McNeil's on the IL after being hit by a pitch on the ankle the other day. Dom Smith has a foot injury. He's on the IL. Um... I'm very, very confused by the Mets right now. They're I don't I don't really know what to think because you get a guy like Stroman and then you sell a guy like Vargas. I mean, that's a total upgrade. Total upgrade. And now they're kind of up in the air what they want to do with Noah Syndergaard and Zach Wheeler to that point. There was, you know, there was talk, like I said, that they they scratched Irvin Santana from the lineup in Syracuse, and nothing. I guess nothing happened because Syndergaard's on the mound right now as we speak in Chicago against the White Sox. So, and look at that. The Mets, again, out to a quick one nothing lead. Amazing. With all this talk, with all this talk, Joe, about these trades and everything, I'm just glad we're not talking about the bullpen and yeah. how bad they are. Finally. I mean, they've been pretty Finally. good. I mean, considering the Mets have won four in a row, I mean, they haven't done anything to, to kill them. But I'm just very – I'm more confused than anything. I don't want to sound – I don't want to sound biased because I'm pissed that he's not a Yankee. I'm pissed that the Yankees didn't really, I don't think, even offered anything. And the Yankees could have given so much more to the Blue Jays than to – middle-of-the-road overall pitching prospects. In the Mets system, they're highly thought of. I mean, Anthony Kay was their fourth overall. But again, that's the Mets system. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, 
And another name is is Edwin Diaz. Is he on the move? The Brewers have been looking at him. I think there could be maybe a deal down the road there. That's the one I think the Mets would really, really look back on and say we kind of screwed up. Edwin Diaz? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know he's having a down year. I know he was awesome in Seattle. He's still young, though. And I think it, I think the Mets are silly if they even entertain the fact of trading Edwin Diaz. I know a lot of Mets fans would trade him for nothing, but I would hold on to him just in case. I really would because not a lot of teams have very good closers, and Edwin Diaz has that potential to be a very good closer. Just give it a little bit of time. I think you got to be a little patient with that one. But as for Syndergaard and Wheeler, I don't know. It's It depends on, on which one goes. Well, I think one of them is going to go. I think it's going to be more Syndergaard than, than Wheeler. But whoever's left, I think, is going to get extended or is going to leave in free agency. Uh, I don't know. Depends what the Mets want to do, if they want to pay him or not. So that's New York baseball in one segment. Holy crap, cannot believe I did that in 20 minutes because I didn't recap the Yankee yeah. games because that's starting pitching. Wow. But we got a lot of time to talk a Devils deal when we come back. We'll talk about a... That Joe is not a big fan of. I kind of like it. Saw his highlights. I think we're getting a good player. And then we're going to talk some training camp because that's what we love to do because football is coming soon. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Tri-State Sports Beat. Don't go anywhere. All right, Ranger Joe. What do you want to say about this Devils deal? I just think a lot of Devils fans are getting way too excited over a 27-year-old from the KHL that had... Can you say his name? Nikita Gusev. Good. I just wanted you to say a name because... No, see, hockey names I can get. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not hockey. Uh, okay. But, no, I think there's a lot of Devils fans that are, are getting way too up on their high horse with this acquisition of Gusev. Um, he's a 27-year-old. If he was younger... And he had a season like he did in the KHL. I think it would have been a lot more impressive. He's a 27-year-old who's spent most of his time in the KHL and in um, over in Europe in the European leagues. Um, I don't think there's anything that he's going to bring to the Devils that's going to make them a playoff team. I still think the Devils and the Rangers alike aren't going to have spectacular seasons. I'm not just saying, and I I brought the Rangers into this just because I don't want it to sound like I'm You're being on biased. The I, I'm being when I'm when I'm talking on here, I'm being an honest hockey fan. Right. I expect nothing less. I don't. I don't. I just don't see in in 62 games, 17 goals, changing the way that the the Devils are going to be. But you know as well as I do. You know as well as I do, though. The Devils have. I mean. They could get better, yes, but they do have goal scorers on this team. They have, I mean, Jack Hughes is unproven. We don't know what he's going to be at the next level. You know, they still have Taylor Hall under contract, and we'll get to him in a little bit. They do have some goal scorers, though. They do, and there's there's no taking that away from them. But what have they proven this past year with the goal scorers that they had? Granted, Taylor Hall wasn't available there all season okay. at all. Jack Hughes, you didn't have him. No. What did uh, Nico Heischer do? He pu- he played well. Well, think. Well, I mean, I think he was put into a bigger spot than he was capable of a little bit. 
because you don't have a Taylor Hall there. He but had when you he get had drafted, the When you get drafted, what, he went number one. Right. When you get drafted number one, you're expected to look at uh, Austin Matthews. Young though. Look at. Oh, I mean. Look at um, Patrick Line. Look at what they did in their first year, in I the think, first games. Right. Okay. I'll stop you right there. I will. I'm willing to admit it. Nico Heischer is not on that level. No, he's not. And, uh, and not, he's and he's 20 years old now. Uh, you know, but they, so is Austin so Matthews. Weird. So is yeah, Patrick. Line. That's what I was trying to get at. They're the more pressure, talented though. I'll the give pressure. Them that. The pressure of being a first re- overall pick in the NHL is a lot, and if that gets to you, then you shouldn't. You I don't know, think it necessarily. Not, I don't think you're deserving to be put in such a big spot. I don't think it necessarily. Like I don't think there's necessarily a lot of pressure on Nico. I think he's just not that kind of guy that can carry the Devils. I don't think that's but why. That's what makes great players, right? But I'm saying. Not all first overall picks carry their teams, though. No, not all of them. Most but, of them. But where do you hear of them down the road? You hear of them as a third line player. True, but they still can be productive. I'm not saying Nico Hirsch is not productive. I think he was still worth the first overall pick. Mm-hmm. He was the best player in the draft at that point. Mm-hmm. But I just think there's there's pressure on those guys, and remember. Yes, he's young. Yes, Austin Matthews and Patrick Line did it at a young age, but they're they're mile they're where Nico Heischer I wish could be. They are, what I'm trying to get at is they came in at the same spot with the same pressure with the same. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think there was necessarily the same pressure. Austin Matthews, guys like Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, Sidney yeah, Crosby was, back in the day. There was talk around them being they're going to be the next Wayne Gretzky. Nico Heischer didn't even have that. That's what I'm saying. That's what so I'm saying. So there was more pressure on these other guys. That's what I'm saying. So you're you're saying that it if he had more pressure, would he, he would have been. No. So that's no, I'm not that's what that. I'm trying to say is okay. like they're not. He's not a caliber player that's going to be a franchise player. Right. As much as you guys probably want him to be. Oh yeah. But I, I just don't know. And maybe you'll get that in Jack Hughes. Because like I've I've been saying multiple times over and over again, I this feeling of the Capo Caco Jack Hughes era, I think is going to start to take over. Mm-hmm. I think they're going into two big here, market teams. Here's what I realized from day one when the Devils did draft Nico Heischer. I I kinda knew that this guy was not gonna I mean, maybe he could be the face of their franchise, but I kind of knew that this guy was going to be, he wasn't going to carry us to the playoffs. He was like, he wasn't single-handedly, a 19-year-old kid was not going to single-handedly carry us to, you know, to promise. It's going to take time. No, absolutely. Jack Hughes. Absolutely. Jack Hughes. I mean, I'm sorry. um, Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, Patrick Liney, they're special in other reasons. They're special in other ways. We didn't know that. There was a a lot more hype behind them, though. A lot more hype. Compare compare their hype. Compare the Sidney Crosby, uh, Ovechkin, Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews hype. Compare all that hype to Nico Heischer. There, it's not the same kind of hype around those players. We didn't think that Nico Heischer was gonna if he was you know when he was the number one pick. We didn't say oh this guy's a franchise changing player. Nothing was ever said about that. It wasn't said about Nolan Patrick either. Am I right or am I wrong? No, you're that in that aspect. That's, you're right. Right. You're right. That's the argument I'm making. I, I you know, I kind of knew that coming in, Nico Heischer was not going to be Austin Matthews, was not going to be Connor McDavid. 
I think he was worth it the first overall pick because he's good. He's talented. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you right now, too. I think Jack Hughes is better than him coming, coming into camp. I think Jack Hughes is more talented. He's more of a goal scorer. He's got better stick skills from what I've seen. All right, so let's do this. Let's compare Gusev to Jack Hughes. Okay. What well, do you? What do you? I don't see. To be highlights? honest with you, I don't know much about him. I don't because he plays. He's playing the KHL. Don't okay. know much about him. Okay. So, but you said you did say that you watched some of his highlight videos. Yeah. You were very, very impressed. Yeah, very little bit. Uh, I'm impressed with. You know. Now, are you more impressed with his playmaking ability? Yes. Okay, so you're looking at him more as a playmaker. Yeah, I'm not. No, you which know, seven, makes seven, sense. Seventeen with, goals speaks for itself. Which, but the sixty-five assists in eighty-two yeah, games—that's that's, that's what pretty good. To. I'm not looking. I'm not looking at him to be a goal scorer. But the Devils need talent in more ways than just scoring. They need a guy that needs to dish, and I think that's a guy like Nico Heischer and and Gusev. Nico Heischer's not a big goal scorer, but mm. he is a playmaker. I just don't think I've been hearing a lot of things about this Gusev kid being the best in the world. No, no. And I, I want to try to just if he put was the that, best in the world to rest for a little bit because if, you haven't no, even seen him play no, no, at no. A, a, a very high level no, of hockey. He's not even close to being that. Not even close. But Devils fans are hyping it up because it's talent. It's talent. Yeah, the Devils see. need talent because, in more ways than one, they have to convince Taylor Hall to stay. Now, think about it. The guys that they've got. You got Paul Mary. You got Nico Heischer. You got Jack Hughes drafted first overall. You bring in Wayne Simmons. You bring in P.K. Subban. You bring in Nikita Gusev. You have your goaltender, maybe in Corey Schneider, maybe Mackenzie Blackwood. We'll see what happens there. And then you got, you know, you got the guys that have been there. You got Andy Green. You got Damon Severson. You got the, you know, you got the solid couple defensive lines there. Is that enough to keep Taylor Hall around? Or does he just play out the rest of his contract and say, okay, you know, we'll see what happens this year, but if, we don't make the playoffs this year with this team that they have. He's gone. I don't know. I just, when everything starts coming together, he's going to have a season to see how everything right drops. But Taylor Hall together. also needs to realize, though, I'm sorry, but Taylor Hall needs to realize that he is the face of the franchise. He's the guy. He's the talent. He's the guy that's, I'm not going to say carry us. It makes his load a little bit less. Yeah, but now you bring somebody in like P.K. Subban, who has been a fra- face of a franchise for how many years in um, in Montreal, Montreal and in Nashville. Now you Montreal. bring him to the Devils. Right. Maybe it worries Hall a little bit. No. I see P.K. Subban taking a little bit of a backseat, honestly. I know, he, he's I know he's very a, outspoken. He's right, very energetic. Right. I, I could see him being the face of the franchise. But here's the thing York, about P.K. Uh, Subban. Here's the thing about Subban, though. He came here. Now, check me if I'm right. If he went to Mon- if he was in Montreal or went to Nashville, he's like, I want to win a cup here. That's the first thing I heard come out of his mouth, that he wants to win a cup here. And that he's not in New York. He's in New Jersey. He wants to win a cup here. If that doesn't say I'm buying into what we're doing and I'm a team first guy, then I don't know what does. 
Now, you know, we'll wait to see what happens when the season yeah. starts. When October comes around, we'll wait to see what happens. I don't see, I mean, I don't see any controversy as far as as far as PK Subban's concerned. I feel like he'll buy into what John Hines is doing because now that defense is, I mean, defense is good. Him, Andy Green, Damon Severson, you got Sammy Vatanen, who's going to have another good year, I think. The defense is pretty good. I see PK Subban maybe take, you know, he's in New Jersey. Okay. I will say it because because if you say it, you know, it'll just sound it'll come off the wrong way. The Devils are a small market team. They're not New York. They're a small market team. They're New yeah. Jersey. I think PK that- Subban's going to be a little quieter being in a small market team than being in Montreal. Or a big market team or Nashville. He's a small market team. He's going to be quiet a little bit. He's going to do his work. He's going to buy into what John Hines is doing. And well, that's where I see a problem coming in because I just I don't know if I don't know if he he will be quiet. He's just he's got that personality. Okay, it's so out there that it might make conflict with how him being on a small market how? team. How or maybe it'll help the maybe it'll help the market of the team. Has he really ever had a problem before? I mean, he's been he's always been a high caliber player. Right. Why has he been bouncing around from Montreal to Nashville and now to New Jersey? Well, you got to start looking at the uh, looking at I think some the, of the things that's been going on listen, with him and his contract with the trades with the trades. Montreal to Nashville, I think the one for one for him and Shea Weber. I don't think you could pass that up. Honestly, at the time, Shea Weber was a Norris Trophy winner. He was really good. Yeah, but so was PK Subban. Right. But I think Montreal saw something in PK Subban where he was like, okay, maybe he's declining a little bit. And PK and Shea Weber's still one of the best defensemen in the league. Yeah, but uh, I, I honestly, with that trade, with the Nashville and then Nash- Montreal and then, thing, okay. I think Nashville won that trade. They, you think they won with people? Well, looking back on it now. Yeah. You think at the time? Yeah. What about at the time, though? You didn't hear of Shea Weber after after the trade. Well, I mean, not here. Not, not in the hockey world. Mm. He kind of fell off for a little bit there. Fair. Fair. But then the Nashville to New Jersey trade, I feel like Nashville just needed to dump salary. I think that was more of a salary thing than anything. I could be wrong. You know. You know, I could be wrong about the Montreal Nashville trade because you know maybe there were character issues with PK Subban. I don't know. I mean, it, it was it had to have been, and like you said before, like we don't have any inside connection. No, this is completely purely opinion based. We don't yeah. we don't know anything, and it's just it's just a thought because like why would you trade one of your best players? Why would you trade your best player, mm. your best defenseman? Because they knew they because Montreal kind of knew what they were getting in return. That's what I think. You know, they're not, you know, they're filling a void with Shea Weber. And Nashville thought of it the same way. We're getting a defenseman. We're getting an elite defenseman for another elite defenseman. Mm-hmm. Swip, you know, swapping those guys, I don't think was, you know, as big as a deal as maybe we all think it was. Yeah. I don't know. I don't Great. know. I just, I, I still stand by what I said earlier where I don't think the Devils are going to be a playoff team this season. Mm-hmm. I think they still need a lot of development with, especially their young players. I think they did bring in a few players that will help that development. Whether they can keep Taylor Hall with the names that they're bringing in, mm-hmm. 
And then what? When's his contract over? In two years? Not this year. The following year? This is the last year of his contract. Yeah. So whether he could, they could keep him. I, I don't know. And uh, I forgot to mention too that the Rangers extended Busnevich. Yeah. Thoughts, um, real quick. I like that. I've I've liked Busnevich. Um, Russian players seem to be a thing with the Rangers as of late. Mm-hmm. Um, I I th- I think Busnevich is going to still be a great player. He's he played very good these past two seasons with us. Um, I think he deservingly got a a solid extension in his contract. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how he does this upcoming season and the seasons, the seasons in the future. Okay. You ready to transition? Am I ever, um, you know, I think we got a great offense, you know, I think I'm going to fit in, um, perfect. You know, I think, uh, you know, we got a great quarterback, a, a good offensive line is um, working together and starting to jail. And um, Coach Gacy is like a mastermind of offense, you know. So I think he can put me, put us in a lot of good situations to allow me to make plays and showcase my talent. And, um, you know, and I think this offense can be really explosive. NFL training camp, baby. I was at one Jets drive this weekend. I walked right in. And there just was a different feel. Besides the one on my ass, because there was no more green chairs, there's bleachers again. But I think the Jets are spending money elsewhere. I think it's to pay Le'Veon, but I don't know. You know what? If it's if we get rid of the green seats to pay Le'Veon, <laughs> whatever, fine. I'm okay. Whatever, with whatever. Um, pinching pennies. I gotta say, I really gotta say, I'm gonna say the rare thing that I never say on here. I'm not. Uh, first of all, I'm not gonna be so quick to crown Adam Gase the savior. I'm not doing that. There's still a lot of optimism, positive or negative, around Adam Gase. But I think right now I'm eating my words a little bit. I hated it when they first came out. hated it. Even before the Jets were looking, even when the Jets were in the coaching search, hated it. But there is no reason... To not like Adam Gase right now. There's no, not. not at all. There's not. There's not. If you're a Jet fan and watch one Jets drive, or if you're a Jet fan that's been to open practices this year, there is no reason not to like Adam Gase. He is getting the best out of Sam Darnold. And, as and you, you can saying, see it in practice. As you were saying to me before, every time he's not – every time that Sam Darnold is not on the field throwing the ball – He's talking with Gase. Gase is right there talking in his ears. Whether. This is why they call him the quarterback whisperer. Okay. He's not, first of all, he's just a good off. I'm not going to call Adam Gase a quarterback whisperer. Not yet. He's a good offensive mind. Not yet. He's not a quarterback whisperer. He's a good offensive mind. I need to talk about the other side of the ball first, too. Greg Williams, I stand by this. It what? What? What, what? Do you have something to say? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Greg Williams is the best thing that's ever happened to this Jets defense. You look like you're deep in thought. What the heck's going on with you? No, I was looking at something on my phone. It was okay. completely unrelated. Okay. Weird. But Greg Williams, when he spoke when he spoke to the fan. <laughs> God damn. Joe, come on, producer. You're supposed to be focused here. What are you doing? There you go. Put the hat on backwards. 
The JPS. No, I, I need actually to put it forwards, tilt it down a little bit. But, Adam Gase is here. Well, we're focused. <laughs> but when Greg Williams said to the fans that they want to defend MetLife Stadium for you, I just got chills. I got chills. Because I knew when the Jets brought him in, this is the guy I wanted all along to run my defense, and the Jets are not going to regret this whatsoever. Some standouts in camp. First of all, Le'Veon, you know, two straight days of the drug test. I mean, that's just the NFL thing. I get it, whatever. You know, he was monitored a little bit. He was cramping up a little bit on Sunday. It's fine. I'm not, you know, not worried, not about, worried it. about it, whatever. But his backup, Ty Montgomery, watch out, Jeff fans. This guy is going to make a splash, I think, in this offense. Good. Because you know what? He, I don't think he was ever bad with Green Bay. I think Green no. Bay kind of just released him. Well, Green Bay caught him because he, I don't, I think he ran a punt out when he was instructed to kneel yeah. or something yeah. like that. And then he went, and then they traded him to Baltimore, and he just didn't resign in Baltimore. So I think I think the Ty Montgomery signing for us was a very underrated oh, yeah. signing. Um, and you know what? As you were saying before, if they start, if they just start pairing Montgomery, yeah, because they have been, I saw it splitting yeah. their time a little bit, keeping them both healthy. We might have a running back duo. On I saw hands. it on Saturday. Gase is looking to work both Le'Veon and Ty Montgomery at the same time. Because think about it. Ty Montgomery in college was a wide receiver. I believe it was Oklahoma. Can you fact check that for me? Time out, just type in Ty mm. Montgomery College. Keep going. Could be Oklahoma. I'm not sure, though. But Gase is working both of these guys. And Ty Montgomery, a former, a former wide receiver, then converted running back in Green Bay, he can play both positions easily. He can be penciled in as a wide receiver. What was it? Stanford. Stanford. Oh, that's right. Okay. Probably thinking of somebody else. But Stanford. So we played with Andrew Luck. I same think. same colors. Hmm, close enough. Um, So I'm kind of excited to see where this goes from here with using Montgomery and Bell at the same time. You know, splitting out Le'Veon maybe, you know, maybe outside outside the numbers where, you know, lined up as a receiver. And then you have you know, Ty Montgomery playing H-back. I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Brian Poole is another one. Yeah. Wow. Did he lay a freaking hit on Jamison Crowder? Wow. And everyone's like, oh, that was a dirty hit. You know, it's tra- it's, pra- oh, it's practice. Practice the way you play. Thank you. Practice, practice the way you play. Because you know what? We've been practicing soft for how many years now? Look at where it's gotten God us. Bowls. <laughs> Look at where it's gotten us. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Please start hitting people oh, yeah. in practice. Please Time on, I don't, mean, don't oh. hit to hurt people. No, right. Right. But hit to know that but this is what's know, going to happen in a game right, situation. Right. The media was kind of playing this up a little bit. They brought it up to Gase, and Gase is like, last time I checked, this is not flag football, this is tackle football. Great answer. Love it. Great answer. It. I'm loving Gase even more, oh, yeah. and I'm loving his beard even more than I'm loving him. <laughs> and Poole is like, he's stepping up to being challenged. Uh, it was said, I think, that. He was kind of aggravating the Jets' offense. I think it was on a closed practice day, and then on Saturday they challenged him. They, you know, Gase said to the offense, "Okay, throw the ball at Brian Poole. Let's see what he got." And he steps up to the challenge. That's what you want to see in camp: is competition. See guys go after Absolutely. each other and show what they got, especially at the cornerback position where the Jets are paper thin. Compared, you know, they got Tremaine Johnson, who had a pick and had a chance to have a pick on Sunday. Amazing. He's playing. I think. He's going to get a breakout year. You got Brian Poole. You got Daryl Roberts. All three are playing well. And then you have other guys. 
And you know Very what? Much. It's it's great that Tremaine Johnson is starting to feel comfortable right. with the scheme that um, Greg Williams is because he has been. He wasn't it before defense. with the Rams when Greg Williams was with the Rams, so he's familiar with his scheme. Um, I said Tremaine Johnson. I think this guy, this next guy, starting to be starting to become a huge friend of the show. I I think you spelt his name wrong, Probably. but we're going to forget about it. I hope he forgets about it if he does listen. I um, think that's an E where the A is. But... I think you just completely botched it. That is what happened. Kalechi Osemele. Now, when the Jets made this trade with the Raiders, I knew nothing about this guy. Nobody did. All pro center and all pro center, all pro guard. But was but kind of had it down near the past two years. This guy is a freaking bully and makes the offensive line so much better. You can already he, tell. I now I've we've obviously went to the training camps. We see how big um, Leo is. Mm-hmm. We were watching one judge drive. Clutch Assembly is bullying. He's pushing Leo. him around. Like he's, he's him throwing around. him on the ground. And we saw this. We saw Kaleche at. Um, at draft day, right? We the got to see him. This man, Huge. this he's not only tall, he's not only wide. His hands are his arms are like than legs. My face. His arms are legs. He's got he's, arms for legs. He's massive. He's he is oh. massive. If there, I think that's going to be the move this year. That we say, wow, that's and think about this. I want to start calling him King Kaleche. Good. Trade market. Let's go. King King Kaleche. But let's think about this though. The old GM was the guy that traded for him, Mike McCagnan. Yes. So I guess we have Mike McCagnan to thank for Kaleche assembly. Let's yep. see what he does first. Let's round out this Jets talk. We'll take a break and then we'll talk about the Giants and our other stuff that we got going on. Um, like I said, Lev Bell was drug tested two days in a row. He was very limited this weekend. I think that's kind of expected. Gase said that they're going to take it step by step with Le'Veon, slowly get him back in. There's been talk, I think he said on the Michael K show the other day, I think it was yesterday, when asked about the preseason, are you going to play in the preseason? And just guess what Le'Veon's answer was. He goes, whatever the coaches want me to do. Whatever. whatever he just brings a, fi- a smile to my face. I know. Oh, oh, and the other person that brings a smile to my face, as we, all, we talk about all the time, you know who I'm talking about? I don't, actually. Go ahead. Kiwi Nunu. Oh, Quincy Anunua. Been a little underwhelming. Didn't really watch a lot of him. This weekend, but I'm pretty confident. He just he, what Quincy he, he, makes can do. he does. He does. He does. He does. Um, Hopefully, he'll start like uh, starting to get into like that that number one lineup. If he can um, stay healthy for camp. 16 games, we win. That's a win. That's an automatic win for us. If he stays healthy for 16 games, while he's in the us. lineup, not while he's on the sidelines. Right. Exactly. Like he's got to be in the lineup for that to be no, accurate. No, no kidding. Joe. Well, I'm just saying. I think <laughs> most educated fans would know that. Okay. okay. Um, a little bit of drama yesterday. Jameson Crowder hurt his foot yesterday in practice. Um, do have an update on that. And the update is good. He's cleared to practice. He'll practice tomorrow. He's fine. Everything's good in jet land right now. And former center, legendary center, Kevin Mawai will be inducted into the Hall of Fame this week. So congratulations to him. I will definitely be watching because Kevin Mawai is a beast. Definitely deserves it. All right, we're going to take another break. We come back. Giants camp. Um, Joe, I think the Giants are having tryouts at wide receiver. Do you maybe want to go try out? Sure. Because Giants got nobody. Sure. They literally have nobody. I'll be slow. I won't be as fast as OBJ, uh, but they that's did fine. that to themselves. Uh, OBJ is not here anymore. But 
It's what happens. It's what happens. We'll talk Giants camp. We will talk about other training camp headlines around the NFL. And then we'll finish with On This Day in Sports History. And we can listen to Joe read some names that he cannot pronounce. Yay! Yay! We'll be right back, guys. And we're back with some Giants training camp. Yeah. I think every training camp uh, you come in um, uh, excited just because, um, you know, whether whether you know you had a, a great year the, the year before or, or a bad year, it doesn't really matter. It, it's, you know, it's a it's a clean slate. It's a fresh start. Just excited to take advantage of, of uh, the opportunities that are in front of us this season. So you would just ask me if I want to go – and try out for the Giants because they're they're good, Geo. Sorry, on, light on the uh, wide receivers end. Just in case you don't know, I did talk about this last week. Uh, Sterling Shepard, a thumb injury. He's week to week. Corey Coleman, torn ACL, and now Golden Tate. Yikes! Suspended for the first four games for violating the NFL substance abuse policy. Good. Good. Um, does anyone want to play wide receiver for the Giants? Can you, like, can we? Oh, and speaking of substance abuse policy, so everybody that's a Jets fan and around the league pretty much. Oh, we didn't get, knows, you didn't get to talk about this, I guess. Knows about the uh, Herndon. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Did you say what it was about? I talked about it, yeah, last week. You know what? The diagnosis, what like what uh, substance it was? I don't. Do you? It was allergy medicine. Really? He was using allergy medicine, which is a steroid. Interesting. So it was a steroid, but it was for allergies. So it must have came up on his drug report. So did he? Is he appealing this? I. He should. I don't know. From what I've heard, that is what it was. Really? It was allergy medicine that that set off his drug report. Really? So hopefully. That would be awesome. Um, although we did acquire another tight end from Ryan Griffin. Yes. And Ryan Griffin. Bucky Hodges from the Ryan Griffin was the one I was right. I was thinking of. Um so I if this report is true, I I sure do hope that he does appeal it and then we'll be able to have him for the first four games. That right. would be huge. Right. Um but anyway, it, the the substance abuse policy just got on my mind because I, I just think the substance abuse policy it's it's so <sighs> it's very there's a very fine line. Yeah, it, I just don't agree with it. Mm-hmm. I like I get what they're doing it for. Right. I understand that, but some things like if this is true, like are you serious? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. So the Giants' depth chart as it stands right now, Golden Tate suspended, no Shepard, no Coleman for right now. They have rookie Darius Slayton, Cody Latimer, Russell Shepard. How are you doing? Yep, that's that. I ranted about the Giants last week and their depth and whatnot. Um, But a little bit of upside. Eli looks good through one week. He still seems to have some arm strength. My buddy Lou, big Giants fan. He might come on here, you know, in a couple weeks. Big Giant fan, Beignet, big Yankee fan. He was at camp for a little while. I believe it was Sunday afternoon. He said Eli's arm strength looks pretty good. Saquon being Saquon. I think he's now this isn't this Giants team is now Saquon's. 
It is no, his team. Absolutely. It is his team for the taking. Eli Moore. Um, Lorenzo Carter, linebacker and rookie Dexter Lawrence looked very impressive. Um, I mean, that's really it from Giants camp. I think we know what to expect from a guy like Saquon. We know that he's going. I think either way this year he's going to put up big numbers. I still I don't think the Giants will have a great season. No, I think Saquon no. might. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Uh, um, I hope, they, I hope he goes they, for like three thousand all purpose yards. That'd be amazing. If he, if if the uh, Giants get their whole, um, their whole quarterback situation in hand, to which it seems you, to be honest with you, I don't think it's even a situation. I think Eli Manning's a starter until either otherwise. either knock on wood, he gets hurt. Hope not, or the Giants just start plummeting and they go. I don't know. And they just if they start oh and if they start one and four one and five, then you put Daniel Jones into the Wolves. I don't think that's the right thing to do. I think if the Giants, no matter what, good season, bad season, go zero and sixteen, you run with Eli Manning. There's no reason to play Daniel Jones when you're out of it already, because the kid's gonna get beaten up. Mm-hmm. He's gonna get beaten up. He's yep, you know right. he's. I don't think that does him any good. What does Daniel Jones no, good? No, we saw it happen with Josh Rosen. And right. It, and Josh Rosen, we'll, we'll get into this too, he's not even being considered. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick is beating him out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Because Little, Fitzmagic. I, I mean, Fitzpatrick, he's a veteran quarterback. I get it. He's smart. He's a Harvard guy. But we know what Ryan Fitzpatrick's all about. So... Uh, that's a we'll talk about that in a little bit, but I don't think it's much of a competition. I think Daniel Jones is going to be the backup when the Giants are one and one four, one and five. Giants fans are going to be calling for Daniel Jones, even though it's not the right thing to do. I don't think. I think he's got to sit, just sit the whole year. He's your fran- He's your quote unquote future franchise quarterback. We don't know what he is yet. But we can't judge the draft until he plays, and if it's a bad pick or not. You know what, though, it. we said, and this is these are two different players completely. But we also said this about Baker Mayfield, right. and we see what Baker Mayfield did his first week against the Jets. We saw what he did the rest of the season. So we just have to see and how Daniel Jones performs the yeah. rest of the way through camp and through practices in the rest of the season yeah and it, if he gets in preseason mm-hmm. which i'm assuming he will oh yeah he has to just to gain some kind of game experience gotta all right let's talk about other nfl training camp headlines let's talk holdouts where do you want to start you want to talk about zeke first michael thomas or melvin gordon first <laughs> let's talk let's talk zeke because i feel like that one's getting Right. Gotten the most uh, Zeke. If you're listening, you're you're in Cabo, Mexico, right now. So I mean, what is your take on this Zeke holdout? Ah, uh, are you on Team Zeke or are you on Team Cowboys? I'm on Team. Oh, that's a hard one. Honestly, it's not I'm hard on, for me. I'm on Team Cowboys. I am. I think that. The Cowboys see something in Dak Prescott, which, for obvious reasons, he's he's a very good quarterback. They need to pay him. 
They need to pay Zeke. They need to pay everybody, whoever else. Jalen Smith, the linebacker, they're eventually going to have to pay. Leighton Van Der Esch. And you can't pass up Leighton Van Der Esch. They're paying Dexter with, Lawrence. With the way that he's played this past season. Mm-hmm. Dexter Lawrence, he's a superstar. You can't not pay him. Got to pay the pass rusher. But you also got to pay the quarterback. And the quarterback. So you, there's three big names that you need to pay without Zeke being in All the right. conversation. I am, And they got to pay their corner. They got to pay Byron Jones. They've been looking for a corner for years. They haven't found one. Now they have one. Got to pay him. I think it goes in this order. I'm sorry. I think Zeke is like the one of the bottom couple players right now for the Cowboys. You got to pay Dak. And you know what? They just went out and and picked up former Cowboy running back Alfred Morris, Alfred Morris. for a one-year deal. So they, they're pushing and showing Zeke that they don't need him, which right. I don't think is going to settle well with Zeke no. and with the mentality that Zeke has. No. I think, unfortunately, I think you lose Zeke. Mm. The thing about it, he's got... But here's the thing that bothers me the most. I'm not the biggest Zeke Elliott fan to begin with, but you got two years left on a contract. Why are you worrying about it this way? Exactly. Because he's not getting paid enough for what he's producing. Give me a break. I'm sorry. Ezekiel Elliott is immature. He makes the Cowboys look embarrassing. He does. In the offseason, you always wait. Oh, what's Zeke going to do now? You don't, you don't have to worry about Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. I don't now. I don't think Dak Prescott's worth thirty million dollars. I think you want to get him like 25, 27. I don't. If I'm the Cowboys, I'm really not on board with paying Dak Prescott thirty million dollars. But I think you got to pay him. You know, Dexter Lawrence, you're paying already. You got to pay Jalen Smith. Eventually, you're gonna pay Lane Vanderesh. You got to pay Byron Jones. I'm sorry, Zeke, but like. You got your franchise quarterback, you got your two stud linebackers for the foreseeable future, and you got a franchise corner that the Cowboys have desperately been looking for since since probably Deion Sanders. And Jerry Jones came out and said it, and he said it better than anyone. You don't need running backs no. to win Super Bowl. Which is you really, saw, which you, you saw, know what is really funny? Because if you know your NFL history, Jerry Jones won plenty of Super Bowls with probably the best running back of all time in Adam Smith. Mm-hmm. He's the all-time leading rusher in NFL history. But think about this. You had your franchise quarterback in Troy Aikman. You had your franchise Absolutely. wide receiver. I forgot about Amari Cooper, too. You got to pay Amari Cooper. He wants to be here. He's not talking about his contract. Here's the thing, though. With Dak and Amari Cooper, you know when they go to the media, they're talking at the podium, and they ask, oh, what's the contract situation about? I'm not really worried. Both of them. I'm not really worried about it right now. You got Ezekiel Elliott. I want my money. I want it now. I'm you know, sorry. I think, I think, and unfortunately, I think this whole thing stemmed from Le'Veon Bell. Huh. It really did. <laughs> I'm happy that he's here. I Trust me, I love that he's a New York Jet. Right. But the whole contract thing definitely stemmed from him. And the thing is, too, the running back position, it's a throwing league now. Running backs, you can find you can find a dime a dozen. You can find other talent. Don't Look get me the- wrong. Would I love to have Zeke with his skill set? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but his attitude and his his antics in the offseason. Yeah. You always got to worry about Zeke in the offseason. You never have to worry about Dak. You never have to worry about Amari Cooper. You don't have to worry about Byron Jones. You don't have to worry about those guys. That's the Zeke take. Michael Thomas. 
he deserves all the money in the world, next guy. He he honestly does. He's I'm, I'm sorry. I'm on Team Thomas. Uh me too. Me too. Because think about this. Who else is saying who else is Drew Brees throwing to? Now let me check his contract situation because I, I mean out of the backfield you have Alvin Gamara who could catch. Right. But he's he's not a wide receiver. Right. Wide receiver wise, Michael Thomas. He's your main guy. He's and did he, I don't think he had many drops this season either. He was probably he the was best. Targeted. He's the best. Re- I think he's the best receiver in the league at this uh, right was, now. He was targeted loads of times. I know. Now, yeah, he's going into you know next year. He's a free agent, so he want you know he wants to be extended. He wants you know he's getting paid one point. I think it's one point four one point one four million dollars. That guy yeah. deserves to get paid. Absolutely. He does. Look up his stats real quick from from last season because I'm telling you, his his target to drop ratio was insignificant. It wasn't there. Mm-mm-mm. Let's see. 150, 125 receptions, 1,400 yards, average 11.2 per catch, nine touchdowns. It's... He's one of the best receivers in the league, no doubt. And you know what? I feel like he's super underrated too. Yeah, he's you don't hear from him a lot, but he keeps his mouth shut. He does what he needs to do mm-hmm. on the field, yep. and that's how it should be. Right? Let your agent, let your GM work out the numbers. You work out the numbers on the score sheet. Mm-hmm. That's what a player is supposed to do. New Orleans, please go pay that man, Melvin Gordon, the Los Angeles Chargers. I am on team. L.A. Chargers, all go. Melvin Gordon is not Ezekiel Elliott. He's not even Todd. He's not Todd Gurley. He's not Le'Veon Bell. Melvin Gordon, show me something before I give you money. Sorry, I haven't yeah, I seen. I haven't I seen a bunch from Melvin Gordon. I mean, he's not. When you think of elite running backs in the NFL, I mean, he's up there. But. Maybe it's just because he plays with the Chargers. I don't. I mean, I don't pay attention to the Chargers a hell of a lot. I don't. We don't either. But what are your thoughts? I I don't think he should be. Again, he's going to be a free agent well, at the end much, of this how year. How much too. is he really asking for? Because I, I like apparently you said, I don't pay attention. Much apparently, to him and the Chargers are like one to two million dollars apart. Like it's not even close. It's really not even close. Like I'm sorry if you want to give Mel like you want to make Melvin Gordon the highest paid running back in the NFL. I mean, you got to remember uh, the Chargers. The Chargers have Keenan Allen, who right, well, who they're paying. Yep. Philip Rivers, who they're, who I don't think is going anywhere. Melvin soon. Gordon's stats: He played 12 games last year, 175 rushes for 885 yards and 10 touchdowns. This guy wants to get paid. Compare those numbers to Zeke, to, you know, Michael Thomas from last year. I mean, come on. The guy didn't, I mean, the guy played 12 games. He didn't rush for, he didn't rush for, he's not a thousand yard rusher. And he's asking for the highest, you know, he's, he's asking for big time running back money. You got to show me something. And you know what? They have, they have that kid behind him. um, Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler. He's very so serviceable. You're, you're really, you're really going to 
to argue over a contract right now where you have somebody behind you that's a little younger and yep. and mm-hmm. could work out. Yep. All right, real quick, let's run through these last three. AJ Green ankle injury. He had minor surgery. Week one is still a possibility. Um, if AJ Green's out for the year, that means the Bengals season is basically over already before it's even started. Which is upsetting because I don't mind Andy Dalton. I kind of like Andy Dalton. They need to move on from him. I'm sorry. He's he's been in the league too long. He hasn't got anything. He hasn't. But his hair anything. matches the team colors. Anyway. <laughs> a little quarterback battle that's not getting enough attention, I don't think. The Washington Redskins. You got Case Keenum, Colt McCoy, and rookie Dwayne Haskins. Plus, you gotta think, you know. Alex Smith, you could put an asterisk next to his name. Uh, who knows if he's ever going to play football again, but he's still there. The Redskins, though, I, I have a hard time fe- uh, seeing Dwayne Haskins not start. I could see them going the route of starting Keenum week one. I don't think – I think Colt – He won't last long. No. I think Colt McCoy is the – like, he's the – He's the third string QB. Right. He's the – QB three. He's the odd man out, unfortunately. I kind of like Colt McCoy. I really do. I'm surprised he's lasted this long in the league, to be honest with you. I think Case Keenum gets the nod week one, but it's going to be really hard to keep Dwayne Haskins on the bench. He was my number one quarterback this year. You know, the whole Kyler Murray thing. I mean, we don't talk about Kyler Murray on here because that's the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, let's be real. I'm excited for what him and Kingsbury are going to do, but I like Dwayne Haskins better. And Fitzmagic is the obvious front runner to start for the Dolphins. Let's be real. We're just we're not being biased or anything because we're Jet fans. The Dolphins are not going to be good. They will be vying for the number one pick this year. Right? Am I right? I believe so. Okay. The fact that Josh Rosen, the tenth overall pick in last year's draft is, like, not even close to beating Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, if Brian Flores, the head coach of the Dolphins, said it's pretty close between him and, you know, Josh Rosen, he said it's pretty obvious that Ryan Fitzpatrick is the starter for the Dolphins. You know why? Because Josh Rosen doesn't know how to shut his mouth. I still remember his iconic quote right after he was drafted. That there were nine mistakes in front of me. Really? <laughs> really? Really? I'm so glad that you draft were the only mistake in oh. that top ten. Oh, yikes. Josh Rosen, where do we go from here? He's going to want to get traded. Oh, I'm not playing. I want to get traded. Who's going to want you, pal? Whatever. Whatever. All right, Joe. Let's wrap things up. God, you could say it. With on this day... Sports history. All right, what do we got today? Today's trivia starts out mm-hmm. in 1994. Okay. A great year for Rangers fans. <laughs> Good year but, for Knicks fans, even but, though they didn't win, <laughs> win the finals. Michael Jordan. Right. Hit his first home run as a professional baseball player. What? It came in his 354th at bat as a member of what class double A minor league oh team? Oh my god. I know he played for the White Sox. What? 
Double A team? <laughs> What's an affiliate of the White Sox? Uh, wow. Well, Steve Urkel's from Chicago. So, I'm going to go with the Illinois. Did I do that? I'm going to go with the Illinois. No, I'm going to go with the Illinois. Did I do that? <laughs> That's not right. The Birmingham Barons. What? Okay. Whatever. <laughs> Should I do the happy birthdays now? Michael later? Jordan should have never play baseball anyway. <laughs> Go ahead. Should I do birthdays? Yeah. Oh, we have an order here, Joe. God damn it. This is not going to end well. Right? <laughs> I can tell you that right now. Uh, Casey Stengel. Good. Okay. Joe Nuxhall. Who? Huh? Joe Nuxhall. Uh, uh, okay. And that is how you say that. Uh, okay. She's nice though. <laughs> Sweating already. Happy birthday, Gus. Gus? Let me see. Gus Triandos. Okay. Bud Seelig. <laughs> oh. Selig. Bud Seelig. That he it was is Seelig. He right? was the former commissioner of baseball. <laughs> okay, that I knew I Bud sounded familiar. Very good, Joe. Jim Mandich. Okay. Bill Cartwright. Oh, okay. Clint. Hurdle. That's funny. Bill Cartwright used to play with Michael Jordan, Chicago Bulls. Former Nick, too. Happy birthday, Bill. Happy birthday, Bill. <laughs> Tom Pagnozzi. Pagnozzi. Right. Uh, Pagnozzi sounds right. Pagnozzi? Yeah, sure. Okay. Chris Mullen. Oh, St. John's, John's alum. He's not the head coach anymore. Alum. That's why I said <laughs> I know. Robert Porcher. Misty May Trainer. Okay. And Hope Solo. Hope Solo. And not know, as bad as I thought it was. Hope be. Solo. That's funny you say you mentioned Hope Solo because Jill Ellis, the head coach of the U.S. women's national team, has stepped down. First ever women's coach to win two straight World Cups. Really? She's stepped down today. She'll be coaching the, you know, they have the victory tour, but mm-hmm. she will stop coaching at the end of October. All right, Joe. Let's go. All right. Final. So now we are finally back on, to, on this day. Mm-hmm. On this day in 1968, the Washington Senators shortstop Ron Hansen turned in his first unassisted triple play in the major leagues in over 40 years. Wow. Hansen didn't fare as well at the plate, however, fanning four times against the Indians. Very cool. That is on this day in sports history. Joe, pleasure to have you back, pal. Always a pleasure. A little lonely without you guys. I know. Eh, you know. I do make the show. I get it. Mm. I get it. I know I'm the producer, and producer sometimes Joe I take the back seat. The but I know everybody loves to hear Everyone loves your hockey takes. Your hockey <laughs> talks are real good. Guys, thank you guys so much for listening. Follow us on all social media, Twitter, Instagram. Got a bunch of good stuff there. Joe's been slacking a little bit on the edits, but... There's not been much to do. Mm, you're right. He's been on vacation, too. He's still in vacation right. mode. He's got a... You know. I was actually looking at one for um, for Jamal and Mosley. I was mm. testing out. That might that might make an appearance sure. sooner or later. Joe will be at training camp this weekend. He'll be on Saturday. Maybe if it doesn't rain. We'll see. Yeah. But Joe will be on the old Instagram. 
put I'm on the dragging my, my Patriots brother. He says he's going to wear a Patriots jersey. Uh, I, I do not recommend that, but whatever. Send the hate mail now. <laughs> Send the hate voice messages here. All right, guys, that is it. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you guys on Friday. If you want to interact with us, follow us on Twitter at TriState underscore Beat. Also, if you want to make an appearance on the show, send us a message on the Anchor app. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today. I want to be a part of it. New York, New York. Start spreading the news.